Welcome back to Revelation On Demand Podcast, a podcast dedicated to bringing you Revelation from the Bible. I'm your host, Justin D. Myers, and I'm joined today, returning, Mr. Chris Hess. So he sounds a little bit different, guys. I want to give you a warning right off the bat. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing well. Uh, for those of you who didn't know, and uh, I only recently informed Justin of this, is that um, I might have lost a certain portion of my voice last time I got sick. Uh, from just from some complicated stuff. I mean, mm. Lord's got a plan for all of us, and maybe He wanted me to sound more devious. I'm not sure. <laughs> well, you definitely still sound like Chris, if that's what you're worried about. I think everyone will still recognize you. It sounds like you have a cold. Uh, we'll see if that sticks around, or well, you know how how it's long been a week and a half last, like this. <laughs> mm, yeah, no. Yeah. So that's that's. That's uh, not heartening for you, I'm sure. It's hard to deal with changing your voice and all that. So, But I'm sure our listeners still are more than happy to listen to you. So, I, I, We are going to try a little bit of a new format. I'm going to read more scripture just to help with Chris uh, with this. He did strain his voice, so... Uh, I am going to... We're going to more evenly split the talking, I think. Yeah, for real. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, absolutely. So, and so by the way, before we begin, oh, go ahead. I missed the last yeah. two episodes. Uh, before we yeah. begin, how are you doing today yourself? Oh, thank you. I'm doing. I'm doing quite well. There's been a little bit of sickness going around the house, so uh, I might sound a little stuffy. Uh, there might be a little bit of coughing here and there. I'll try not to cough directly into the mic. Um, you know. <clears throat> Otherwise, I'm doing pretty good. Yeah, I was going to say to our audience, I just wanted to point out the fact that both of us are perfectionists in odd ways, <laughs> and as well as sort of divas about the way we sound, apparently. <laughs> yeah, no, and, and that that's something I, I did the last episode by myself, and I, I listened back to it, and, you know, I'm, if you compared it to the other solo episode I did, oh, what was that, sometime last year, um... I definitely have improved, but uh, to anyone who got annoyed by how many times I said so, uh, I also was annoyed by how many times I said so in that solo episode. So uh, I guess I say so a lot. (laughs) I think I just said it like four times in that sentence. Um, That's okay. My new favorite word is probably. And the only reason why (laughs) is there was this, uh, there was this, little kid who got famous on the Ellen DeGeneres show. And it's mm. because of how many times he was being serious about saying probably and the way he oh. said it as uh, redhead kid. Yeah. If you look it up, it's so funny, but it goes on the mm-hmm. Ellen DeGeneres show. And the reason why I guess that word residually stuck in my mind is because I repeat myself a lot too. And, mm. uh, he goes ahead and says it about 30 times while talking to her. <laughs> wow. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I think I, I definitely pushed somewhere around fifty so's, and if you count all the ones that were there, where they so, need to be, so 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 uh, so 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 yeah, yeah, no, it was it was it bothers me. So if you ever wonder if my audio quality, the sounds I make, the saying um or so too much, that stuff really bothers me already. So you don't need to point that out. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, as far as divas go, uh, you would be the queen, according to Gee, oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Mm. Uh, well, since you weren't here last episode, I'll tell you what we went over. So we did Daniel chapter 9, or I did Daniel chapter 9 last episode, which was a place where Daniel was still in Babylon, and he's he's reading scripture, and he sees this, this prophecy that I believe was... Isaiah wrote down and he was trying to, to figure out if this prophecy applied to his time, because at this point he's, you know, nearly 80 some odd years old. And he's like, well, this, this prophecy says we'll be exiled for 70 years. So are we, is this, is this what it means? And of course he petitioned God, he, he prayed, he fasted and all this. And then God sent an angel down to explain the prophecy. And in fact, he was way off on the prophecy. It was not going to happen for another couple decades when uh, 
Antiochus was going to declare to rebuild the temple in Jerusalem. And then that was going to be the starting point, which would culminate in the birth of Jesus. So we had, we had this, this little bit of prophecy here. And then we talked a little bit about how there's still seven years of that prophecy that were never uh, fulfilled. So uh, that, that seven years could very well be something that happens during the end times. So, Interesting. And there, yeah, we there did you know, I said discuss so. some of that. Yeah, I mean, spoiler alert. Yeah. It's not like we went over Revelation already. I was going to say, yeah, yeah uh, Jesus himself does refer to a lot of fasting that Daniel did mm. in order to commune mm. with God uh, to yeah. himself, and that's why mm-hmm. he went ever so long, thirty plus days without eating. Like it was no big deal. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely uh, Jesus points back to Daniel a lot. So we'll have to see exactly where we're going. Of course, next episode after this will be our Christmas episode. And I, we're going right. to do Matthew's Christmas episode. And it'll probably be pre-recorded. And I think we're going to record it right now at the time of recording this. So uh, we will have a break for Christmas, but we'll still have an episode on Christmas. Uh, the day after Christmas, I believe, because Christmas is a Saturday this year. Uh, but anyhow, early when we come there, back, sir. yeah, yeah, oh, we'll, we'll, oh, we could. I, uh, I did do that last year. I did release it on Christmas. I might do that. Revelation again. on demand meeting time. <laughs> You're present. You're present under the Christmas tree. <laughs> oh, okay. That's yeah. that's pushing it. Ah, uh, but we're, anyways, we're uh, with this. <laughs> yeah. We're gonna continue. We're gonna finish up Daniel the first month of next year uh, with eleven and twelve, and hopefully by then I'll have a good idea on where God wants us to go. Next, uh, we have by no means exhausted the prophecy and uh, spiritual things that the Bible has. Uh, pretty sure we could we could talk for years, and people have talked for years on this. And I don't see why. I, I think we have plenty of we have plenty of content to go through. So today, there we go. I'm saying so again. Mm. Mm -mm. It's going to bother me. I got a whole meta thing going on in my head now. Therefore, therefore, there you go. (laughs) That sounds biblical. Therefore, uh, today we're going to go over Daniel chapter 10 and 10 through 12 is a a much larger vision. They're all kind of talking about the same period. So this will be kind of our, our primary episode to the next two chapters when we get back at the first of the year. Uh, the, this vision expands upon the ones that we've talked about in 7, 8, and 9. And much of the language is borrowed from other parts of Daniel. So he's, he's literally referencing his own writing a lot when we go through this. And so does his future generations, if you ever read ahead. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then Daniel is a really old man at this point. So this would have been mostly during the time of Cyrus, as it says in the scripture. Uh, so a lot of Jews were starting to go back. This was uh, the end of the exile. A lot of them were going back to Jerusalem. But Daniel in his old age and the fact that he's pretty much given his life to this area, I would say empire, but it's changed hands several times. Uh, but he's given his life to this area, so he's not interested in going back to Jerusalem. And I don't think that's what, uh, you know, God wanted him to continue working in this area. Right. So. It's literally his spiritual domain at this point, I would argue. Yeah, it's definitely his 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 people are there, the people he's he's been put in charge of as a shepherd. Yes. That's what happens when you live somewhere for 70 years. Uh, meanwhile, the rest of them are going to party at the old folks' home and back yeah, in well, Jerusalem. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I just think at his advanced age, because, I mean, 80-some-odd years old would be old. Uh, we think it's it's pretty typical, you know, these days to make it around 80. That would be, like, you know, typical lifespan. So old would be, you know, pushing into the hundreds. Whereas... Typical lifespan back then would have been 50, 50, 60. So 80 years old would be considered old. So, 
He's lived. He's lived a good life. Yes. Shall we dive into scripture, sir? Yeah. Why don't I start us off? Since you put me up to the challenge, now you say you have to help me do this. Oh, I will. I just I was trying not to cough in the mic. Oh, you're good. Take a breath. In the third year of Cyrus, king of Persia, a revelation was given to Daniel, who was called Belteshazzar in Babylonian. Its message was true, and it concerned a great war. The understanding of the message came to him in a vision. At that time, I, Daniel, mourned for three weeks. I ate no choice food, no meat or wine touched my lips, and I used no lotions at all until the three weeks were over. On the on the twenty fourth day of the first month, as I was standing on the bank of the great river, the Tigris or Tigris, I looked up and there before me was a man dressed in linen with a belt of fine gold from Apaz around his waist. His body was like topaz, his face like lightning, his eyes like flaming torches, his arms and legs like the gleam of burnished bronze and his voice like the sound of a multitude. So right off the bat, uh, Daniel is in this, this place of fasting again, much like he was in the last chapter, where he's going through a rough time. He's turning to God, trying to get answers. And uh, the visions in 7 through 8 and 9 may have been given for the purpose that Daniel can understand what's going to happen in these coming visions. And, uh, he says he, he, uh, if you were wondering, he returned back to his old diet at some point after the vegetable incident, clear back in episode in, uh, chapter one where he oh. stopped eating the, the fine meats and in wine. So he says he stopped again here. So at some point he went back to eating, his normal diet. He didn't stay on that vegetable diet, but I'm sure whenever times got hard, he would, he would turn back to that diet to uh, feel closer to God. So yes, when, and this uh, angel, and if that, you guys don't remember that, uh, if you don't mind me, if you don't remember that back in chapter one, like we were talking about, um, <sighs> essentially uh, the Babylonian, uh, you could call him like a, like an officer dude was trying to force, yeah the new immigrants over to Babylon from Jerusalem. Uh-huh. Obviously we just most commonly refer to them as Jews. Uh, just to catch all up to eat certain things that are not acceptable in the diet of someone that practices Judaism, especially at the time. Mm. Yeah. I also think that it, it could have had a lot to do with, the fact that many pagan religions also uh, offered meat as oh. as a as a offering to their idols, in instead of burning or anything like that, it was just like blessed by their idols. So I could I, I think there could have been some issue there. I know that later on in scripture, I think as Paul says, you know, you can eat whatever you want. It's not if it's not an issue for you. We've talked about this before. If it's not an issue for you, that's that's fine. But if it causes your brother to stumble. So I think Daniel could be at this point like, well, my my Jewish brethren who are here with me uh, know this meat's been sacrificed to idols. So uh, they might see it as, uh, as you know, turning away from God and accepting the, the powers of these other idols if I eat this meat. So that could have very well gone into his decision. And, uh, Seems course, awfully convoluted, don't you think? Yeah, but um, a lot of the times, the things we choose to do are it, it can cause other people to stumble. Um, so, quite literally, yeah. This would yeah, be yeah. predated back to Cain and Abel all the mm. way back then, and you yeah. realize how uh, Abel was murdered by his brother Cain over a sacrificial mm. lamb. Go figure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, and and it's really it's really got to do with if you do something that another Christian thinks is 
is not the way Christians should act. It could give them the idea that either, you know, you're not, you're not as serious about your faith as you should be, or it could give them that the idea, well, if he's doing it, I can do it. Even though, you know, he thinks there might be something wrong with it. Now there's plenty of things that I think you can say are objectively not okay to do as a Christian when you read the scripture, but there's plenty of other things, you know, like enjoying movies, enjoying video games, eating diets for very easy, you know, point. Some, some Christians are convicted that they need to eat a vegetarian diet because they believe it is the best way for them to help, uh, you know, steward our resources. They, they believe that a vegetarian diet is easier on our resource load, which I mean, I, I can see why you might think that, uh, especially with all the information that's going around, but, uh, being in the industry myself, I understand that a lot of what the animals are eating humans can't eat. So, uh, Essentially, it's Anyways. not a waste of resources at that rate. Yeah, yeah. The yeah. Lord provides. In my I can opinion. see. <laughs> yeah. So whether it's meat, fish, or uh, yeah. whatever you want to dig up. Yeah, yeah, and it, it it has a lot to do with with the image of what you're portraying, and I I don't think food's as big an issue today as it was because we don't have a bunch of people you know offering. I mean, you you'd never know if the restaurant you go to, the chef is back there offering the food to Bolek, like you, you wouldn't know. But back then it was very prominent. The, the, the altars were out in the middle of the town squares, the temples, you know, they'd bring the food there, they'd bless it. And then they'd take it to the market. Like yes. it was very, very public back then about, you know, offering this food to false deities. So this, this was a big issue back then, but, these it's still days, prominent it's, in some places, though it's more yeah, uh, other countries down not, to idolism or regions. Yeah. Really, um, one of the yeah. most popular for that would be actually, arguably, Africa. Still yeah. takes in a lot yeah. of uh, what we consider to be pagan rituals, which would be mm. unChrist-like or separate from the faith. Mm-hmm. And yeah. in as like an antagonist to our faith, there's several mm-hmm. forms of paganism that. That term could be applied to. You used that a few minutes ago. And uh-huh. while we're on the subject of being Christ-like, <laughs> like you mentioned a, you know, a little bit while back, um, this angel, uh, you know, I agree with you, uh, according to what we've been discussing over, is this angel is representing a Christ-like figure. Or uh-huh. uh, if you uh, kind of lost me there, I'm talking about verse 5 and when he says, I looked up. And there before me was a man dressed in linen with a fine belt mm-hmm. of gold from Upaz around his waist. That's like a metal, precious mm-hmm. metal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then body like topaz, face like lightning, eyes flaming torches, arms and legs like gleam brownish, gleam of burnished bronze. Blah. And then this voice like the sound of a multitude. And I, at this point, I almost wanted to say this was a Christophany, but uh, later in the scripture, it clearly states this isn't uh this isn't a member of the trinity this is one of god's archangels uh so we see we'll see later on who exactly that is uh when i first was you know reading this 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 description right here comes uh right out well revelation takes this description right here and it expounds upon it when it talks about Christ coming to John and, and talking to him and showing him all these things. So I was like, oh, hey, that's that's got to be a Christophany. But as I read on, I was like, mm, I don't know if that's possible at this point. Think about so, an epiphany, though literally the Lord appears in front of you. Yeah, you and, and this could be because this angel is acting as a direct messenger for God. Uh, but it's, it doesn't use the same language that we see when it is the angel of the Lord, which would be that, that, that being that shows up whenever it's God, you know, like the the man who stopped and talked to Abraham or the man who wrestled with, with, uh, Israel, like 
when you there's different language used and it, it talks about it, it very much says it's the angel of the Lord. And it, so many scholars believe that that means it is this Christophany. And of course I probably given it away. I don't think there's a, a theophany and a Christophany. I think that anytime God manifests himself here in the physical realm, it's going to look like Jesus, whatever Jesus looked like, you know, spoiler so. alert. <laughs> I, I, I know, know there's some people who you're think very good about things. that. Actually, you do need to inform people in the forefront of a lot of things biblically so that they get a better understanding uh -huh. of what this is going to lead to as much as the uh -huh. suspense is awesome. It can also be confusing. So I respect you yeah. for that. Yeah. I just, I, I know that, you know, I, I like to point out places where people could disagree and those disagreements aren't necessarily anything that would be heretical or, or this way where we couldn't still be in fellowship. Like if you believe that there is two separate, like there's a theophany and a Christophany, you know, and they're two separate looking beings. Great. That's fine. I can still worship with you. I can still, you know, talk about God with you. I just, I feel like every time that, that being the angel, of the Lord shows up, whatever that, you know, when God shows up, I, I believe it's probably Jesus. So kingdom of heaven does not exclude believers of Christ just for the record. Hmm. So I agree yeah. with that. Yeah. Shall we continue? Yes. Why don't I go ahead and read verse seven? Mm -hmm. <clears throat> I, Daniel was the only one who saw the vision. Those who were with me did not see it, but such terror overwhelmed them that they fled and hid themselves. So I was left alone, gazing at this great vision. I had no strength left. My face turned deathly pale, and I was helpless. Then I heard him speaking, and as I listened to him, I fell into a deep sleep, my face to the ground. Oh, sorry. A uh, hand touched me and sent me trembling on my hands and knees. He said, Daniel, you are highly esteemed. Consider carefully the words I'm about to speak to you and stand up, for I have now been sent to you. And when he said this to me, I stood up trembling. So right off the bat, this is, uh, I guess I could say that Paul's run in with Christ is, is reminiscent of this. And again, this is where I was thinking, oh, this must be a Christophany, you know, um, not necessarily an angel uh, because this, this is very much the way that Paul ran into Christ where, you know, the people around him could see a light, but they didn't, they couldn't see Christ. They didn't hear Christ, you know? And so the people near Daniel obviously knew something was going on. They felt this present and it was overwhelming because of course, this is one of God's messengers, you know, like that just being around angels can be terrifying. And, yes. uh, as we okay. see Daniel. <laughs> we, oh, we've go gone over that uh, several times. Catch your breath. Yeah. Uh, we've gone over that several times. We're like, the appearance of angels could be terrifying. And there's actually a lot of mm -hmm. memes out there, if you know what those are, yeah. uh, about how scary the real appearance of uh, an angel uh -huh. even can be, uh -huh. because, or intimidating rather, because they're just as yeah. complex as any human being, though in spiritual form and manifesting mm -hmm. themselves that in that way visually is mm -hmm. you know a very interesting concept might i ask you though real quick we went over uh earlier on when nebuchadnezzar had sent no it wasn't nebuchadnezzar it was the uh to do two or three dudes after him uh we got uh -huh. over how the lineage of babylon is just so crazy Though uh, uh -huh. these men were put to death by fire, and that were Jews, uh -huh. and they remained unscathed after being dropped into uh, the furnace. The furnace, thank you. And it did yeah. specifically it, that, mention that the Lord appeared. Would that have been yeah. a Christophany as well as yeah. the writing on the wall? Uh, I don't know about the writing on the wall. Uh, I believe that the being in the furnace with Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego, which again, that was King Nebuchadnezzar, by the way. Um, okay. Good. Or not good. Uh, oh, the being, funny. the being in the furnace with them, I believe was a Christophany. So they, they got to see Christ. And again, uh, Daniel wasn't around there for that time. So uh, he couldn't, 
he, that's why you're not seeing any reference. And again, uh, it could be because this isn't a Christophany. This is just an angel. So, uh, I don't know if Daniel ever gets to see the Lord himself. He's, he's had a lot of inter- He's had a lot of interactions with angels as we've right. seen with his visions. Um, so I would think about it yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. yo, Shadrach, remember that one time we got lit on fire and this dude from the <laughs> just so happens to be God himself and his son just so happened to appear and save us from that. That was crazy. Yeah. I mean, Shaq, I agree. Yeah. 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 And then, you know, in my, my brief study of, of angel, angelology or whatever you call it, the study of angels, I would believe that uh, you, these lesser angels or in the archangel and the angels, the messengers, these hum, human-like angels, right, they Nephilim. are probably uh, not Nephilim. Uh, Nephilim are the other side of the coin. But these human-like angels uh, that appear to people a lot, uh, I believe they are probably the least scary of the angels. When you start getting into the principalities and thrones and the, the authorities in the angel hierarchy, those, those really high up angels, you start getting these strange descriptions of multi-faced beasts and, and eyes all over their bodies. So like, I think there's very much different angels. So, uh, you, you only the four, only see yeah, the, the four beasts in, in God's throne room yeah, uh, along with the elders. Yeah. You, you, you only tend to see the more outlandish and monstrous looking angels when they are near the Lord. So these are like the highest ranking angels. Um, whereas whenever it's an, a messenger or an arch messenger being sent to someone to say something, they're often just these perfect looking human beings these these radiant looking human beings yeah, and uh in our popular imagination we've we've given them wings uh it's not not necessarily i mean the higher up angels have wings but as far as the messengers they often don't have any wings that is, that is something that we've done that. yeah that's something we've done because i mean if you think I think it's it's part of that, and also with like the 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 halo idea uh, when they started painting halos. Uh, so you you think of an angel, you get this halo in, in the wings as part of your popular imagination, which the halo is just their way of you know two dimensionally describing irradiant light. Like it's not it's not a physical thing. Like it's it's the way oh. that they just radiate so it looks like a halo behind their head. And you see that with paintings of, of saints and stuff like that also where they have this halo which is not like a physical like ring. It's it's just the depiction of them radiating light. And in the wing thing I think comes from the higher angels having wings. But also, I think it comes from just if you met a person with, you know, dove wings, angel wings, it would be intimidating. Like, just that would make them intimidating. So I don't, I think that just entered as a shorthand way of, of describing the awe inspiring presence of these beings. And again, we see that these messengers tend to be human. In appearance, so right, and sometimes we get a mixture terrifying. of uh, visualizations that um, in previous generations that were meant to be mm. more applicable and more relatable mm. to. So the reason why I yeah. brought up the Renaissance myself was uh, the fact that uh, if you think about the Sistine Chapel and how Michelangelo right. painted several of them to even depict almost like Cupid was yeah. told as, and I think mm-hmm. that was just to present a better visualization or make it more relatable. Uh, we mm. should probably start moving on. I, I want to talk about yeah. this more. For real. <laughs> you can talk about this for hours. <laughs> we always have. Also, you're making me feel bad. I just wanted to say you're making me feel bad now because I did mm. use the angel ring emoji when I texted you. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. I, I, I'm no, not offended no. by popular representations. <laughs> Yeah. Are we a popular res- representation? Oh, I'm reading. I hope not. 
Uh, we're survivalists. All right. Whatever that means. Why don't I go ahead and read verse 12? Then he continued, Do not be afraid, Daniel, since the first day that you set your mind to gain understanding and to be humble yourself before your God, your words were heard, and I have come in response to them. But the prince of the Persian kingdom resisted me 21 days. Then Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me because I was detained there with the king of Persia. Now, I have come to explain to you what will happen to your people in the future. For the vision concerns a time yet to come. While he was saying this to me, I bowed with my face to the ground and was speechless. Then one who looked like a man touched my lips and opened my mouth and began to speak. I said to the one standing before me, I am overcome with anguish because of the vision, my lord, and I feel very weak. How can I, your servant, talk with you, my lord? My strength is gone, and I can hardly breathe. Okay, so. <laughs> well, that would be shock and awe at that point. No, it would be. Yeah. And, and right there, right off the bat, is where I stopped thinking this was a Christophany because Christ can't be detained by uh, a demon, which is who the Prince of Persia is. And we, we need to understand. Yeah, what we need to understand at this point is that, uh, like, patron deities of, of nations and in, you know, areas were a very typical thing at this point. So he's, he's using the Prince of Persia language as something that people who aren't Christians would understand. This was a deity, a, a daemon, as we have come to, to talk about them, that is over the region of Persia. So uh, I'm going to give it away now. We're talking about this, this angel in front of him is probably Gabriel, uh, as he has talked to Gabriel in previous uh, previous visions just a few chapters ago. Um, anyways, right. so Gabriel here was on his way, and then the Prince of Persia, the, the demon over that area, was intercepted him to keep him from coming to Daniel and explaining this to him. So as we see in Daniel at the beginning, it says he was doing this for three weeks. Like he was fasting, he was praying, he was, you know, for three weeks, 21 days. So the angels very much saying, you know, I was coming to talk to you on the first day you started this, but uh, I got in a fight with this other deity and have been gridlocked with him. And of course, then he says, Michael, this angel, Michael, which as if you study the Bible, you know that he's one of the archangels came to help me. Now, I don't know exactly who the patron, patron uh, angel Gabriel's for, but he seems to be one of these higher ups that tends to send messages or take messages to prophets like Daniel for God. And Michael is actually the patron angel for Israel. He's kind of the angel that watches over Israel. So we see here that Gabriel gets help from uh, Michael to take down the Prince of Persia. Yeah. What uh, and just fun fact for those of you who want to apply this modernly, uh, Michael, the angel Michael, is um, used in the Department of Justice as their coin symbol. If you if you want to say it that way, huh? Interesting. I didn't know that. Yep. Uh, so we see here is one of the times that it's written, do not be afraid, which is again, often something that's said whenever an angel is present. Um, but in the Bible, there's 366 times where it says some version of be not afraid or do not fear. Uh, so there's two of these in this, this chapter alone. And, uh, I wanted to bring that up because I did a study called Vermbrand last year and it's about this guy in in oh, yeah. in uh I think I've talked about him before. It's this guy in Romania who got taken into custody when the Soviets were occupying the area and oh, he, I know his name. He yeah, had he yeah, he had uh 
memorized all 366 times it says, be not afraid in the Bible. And he said the reason he did that was that he could save one for every day of the year. And of course, there's one extra for the years that there's one extra day in the leap year. So every four years, there's a, you know, that extra verse. So, and he said that helped him a lot get through the torturous, you know, imprisonment that he went through. Right. So it's just is, interesting. Is he, a modern that this day, is one. is he a modern day dude? I don't think uh, modern as in, in the last hundred years. Yeah. He, uh, I believe that was right after the, after world war two, when everything was still, uh, during the cold war, it was during the cold war when, yes, I know. America, who he is. I'm trying to remember yeah. this. Oh my gosh. I, I don't know if he's still alive to this day. Uh, he's not, I uh, monkey. <laughs> I think that's his name. No, uh, I'm I'm talking about Richard Vermbrand. That's his literally his name. Oh, I was thinking of a yeah. different guy who also went yeah. through a similar. Um, uh, man, okay, I'll talk about him yeah. some other time. Very genius. <laughs> uh, uh-huh. Oh yeah, similar stories actually. Hmm. Yeah, there's a lot of stories like that that are very. It's, it's good to see so that we don't feel like we're under serious persecution yet. Uh, it also kind of lets us know when it's going to happen. You know, we can see the, the writing on the wall, so to say it coming. Right. But it definitely like, Oh, we're not under that amount of persecution. If they can do that, we can do this sort of thing. Um, right. Anyways. I like to think that um, persecution and confrontation is your number one testament to your conviction. Mm-hmm. And that's mm-hmm. where a lot of these, um, I would argue amazing people and thereafter and before are definitely set apart. And the reason mm-hmm. why is they stuck by their guns. And by that, I mean, they're stuck by their Bible and mm-hmm. followed the way that God intended for them. Yeah. Yeah. The enemy does not bother with people who are ineffective. The enemy only attacks those who are a threat to them. So if you're going through a lot of, you know, physical illnesses or assault or just stuff that's trying to keep you from carrying out God's will, then you know, you're, you're doing what you're supposed to be doing. Well, I, think uh, I, I would say I think that the Lord it. provides a lot of intellect and knowledge and wisdom. Uh-huh especially in those situations as well as strength Uh, though in situations, the limitation uh, doing what you're supposed to can be a very uh, fuzzy concept to think of in a, you know, a weird way of saying it. So, Mm. you know, finding a way to God and um, you know, staying by him is going to be the most beneficial in your situation. Uh huh. So another thing, when the angel touches his lips and uh, gives him his word, this is often seen throughout scripture, wherever uh, an angel from the Lord or the angel of the Lord or an angel in the throne room of the Lord, like in, in Isaiah touches the lips of the prophet. This is a symbol of them being purified of them being, you know, cleaned and given the words that they need to take to the, the followers of Christ. So right. we see here that the angel is blessing Daniel with, with his prophetic gift, basically. Right. Uh, and in or, modern or society, his... if you look into certain churches, they actually had to change that to the forehead uh, for mm-hmm. blessings, uh, particularly because uh, most people don't like to be <laughs> uh, patted on the lips and just going like, Hey, I'm changing your life right now. They're like, what? Hmm. I don't want to deal with that. That didn't make sense at all, <laughs> yeah. though it made incredible sense to me. I am so sorry, folks. Mm. Anyway, ah. no, that's all right. I, I think I think in Scripture we see angels do this this touching on the lips blessing. I'm not so sure about the uh, blessing given by another human. Uh, I think you don't need to touch people to bless them. Uh, touch them, very just ju- don't physically touch them. <laughs> it's yeah, it's it's. It's more of a symbolic thing that the angels do. It all comes from the time that Isaiah was in the throne room and the one of the angels took a coal from the 
fire in front of the throne or whatever and touched his lips and, and purified him. So we very much get the same idea anytime an angel comes and gives prophecy or the word or whatever it is that prophet or leader needs to bring to his people. That's that's more of what the symbology is. Well, it's not just symbolically. Yeah, it's just cleaning their words. Don't get me wrong. Uh, I think to a certain degree uh, that was adapted in a few more structured, like less Protestant, uh, maybe not more structured. We're all structured in a good way. <laughs> designed. Uh, though if you consider Catholicism, and for any of our listeners who are Catholic, you can correct me on this, or even Mormonism, uh, mm. is that people that are higher up in the church are closer to God in a certain way. Therefore, they're held in a higher mm. regard than, as I would say, the average believer or even the average human. Mm. All right. Why don't we move on to verse 18? And I'll read this entire mm-hmm. section because it's short. Okay. All right. Verse 18. Again, the one who looked like a man touched me and gave me strength. Do not be afraid. You are highly, you who are highly esteemed, he said. Peace. Be strong now. Be strong. I'll repeat that. Do not be afraid. You who are highly esteemed, he said. Peace. Be strong now. Be strong. When he spoke to me, I was strengthened and said, Speak, my Lord, since you have given me strength. So he said, Do you know why I have come to you? Soon I will return to flight against the prince of Persia. And when I go, prince of Greece will come. But first I will tell you what is written in the book of truth. No one supports me against them except Michael, your prince. So I'm sorry, my inflection in my voice was going all over the place. Though I think in that last, uh, if you want me to break that down real quick, um, it's more like this is the residual effects of him being conscious. And this is how he's realizing it spiritually as it's occurring to him. Maybe he did mm. black out his spirit and, and, and fall to the ground. We know that, mm. right? So as he's mm. coming to uh, uh, physically awake, uh, the message is starting to be transcribed to him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we we can see that the previous interaction kind of wiped out Daniel. So here, uh, like I said, this chapter is just kind of setting up the vision we're about to go over in the next two chapters, which we'll wait until next year to go over. Um, anyways, he's he's this is just setting the scene for the vision that's about to unfold, where Daniel is going to be given this prophecy that we will dissect and go into as we get through it. Um, and we see that Gabriel here is talking very much about like, you know, I'm going to be here for a minute. I'm going to explain everything to you. I'm going to show you all this stuff that God wants you to see. But when we're done, I got to go, I got to go, you know, fight with the Prince of Persia, you know, go back to that fight. Me and Michael are going to go kick his butt. And then when Persia falls, during during history, like when Persia falls, the Prince of Greece will come up. And this is again another patron daemon of this this area, this this empire that is oh. not necessarily working for God. So he, he already knows what fight's gonna happen. He knows he's gonna win. He knows that the Prince of Greece is gonna come. And of course, we've seen these visions with Daniel already where it predicted that you know babylon then persia then greece then rome like this is just how they're going to fall and of course there's quite a few years between each one of these empires taking over so yeah that there is not every two months like we saw in babylon yeah but again yeah and he, he talks about this book of truth and if you've studied the bible at all you understand that when he's talking about this, this is the quote unquote book that God writes things down in. Uh, I don't know if it's necessarily a physical book. I'm sure it is. There's no, not a whole lot of limitations uh, for the spirits. So I'm, I'm sure there is a quote unquote physical book that would 
you know, have book of truth on it. But anyways, this is the book that God writes down the names of the saved in and, and, you know, writes down his decrees and everything in. So he's very much saying, Hey, I'm going to let you in on, you know, the plan, the big plan here. And then I've got to go, go back to doing what I was doing when you started praying and asking for this. So we see, we see that this angel is very much trying to be open with Daniel and explaining to him some of the more intricate workings of what exactly his job is, which is, this is one of the sections where, you know, people who study angels, you know, can see that this is what angels are doing. This is, this is part of their job sort of thing. Yes, sir. Yes. Uh, before we get to the takeaway of the day, I have to I have to resource this so I know I'm correct on this some this time uh-huh. armor because about four or five episodes maybe six episodes ago if I remember uh uh-huh. you know what I don't want that <laughs> uh no not that uh the the holy armor set you know what uh-huh. I'm talking about your spiritual yeah. armor yes yeah so why don't we finally correct me and I will recite what your holy armor is and how this may or may not uh yes i see the verse so one verse i wanted to read to you guys and it's actually eight verses this goes by really quick is ephesians chapter 6 verses 10 through 18 uh-huh. and yep. this might help you relate to things that are more serious in life how do you keep yourself well maintained or even standing up in a lot of these more or less dramatic situations that are becoming ever more prevalent because of the times we live in. Mm-hmm. And this is yeah. something that I've lived by. I am just not very good at remembering which specific armor piece was named what. <laughs> so mm-hmm. bear with me. This is the holy armor. In mm-hmm. Ephesians 6.10, it says, well, through 18, finally be strong in the Lord and in strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly planes. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all to stand firm, Stand, therefore, having a fastened belt of truth and having put on the breastplate of righteousness. Uh, there is another resource, I believe, for a helmet. <laughs> there we go. Helmet of salvation. That's another one. Ephesians 6.17 says, And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Literally, your Bible. And the reason why I wanted to bring that up, second part up, is what are you going to use to defend yourself in these situations spiritually? Whatever you got to do is your biblical knowledge, right? Mm. So, yeah, I mean, you're very good at it. <laughs> I work on it every day, and it, all of it's, uh, you know, all of it kind of reminds me of one thing that leads to another, and that's good mm-hmm. because it's the Bible is meant there to help you. Prayer mm-hmm. is meant to help you. There's a lot of these practices that modern society or, you know, even whether you want to blame the millennials or whatnot, um, they're going to tell you it's silly that you're not talking to anyone. That's Mm -hmm. a fairy tale. Take the word of these amazing people who lived these amazing lives being in direct contact with the Lord. Mm -hmm. You know, you get heroes, you get villains even that were brought over to the light. And it's interesting to see all the different perspectives and how they can apply to you and Mm. further your knowledge of understanding the elements and behaviors of other people. And Mm -hmm. that's something I wanted to address a few episodes ago. Unfortunately, I was out for a bit. Hmm. Yeah, that was wonderful. I thank you for sharing that. With that, I, I feel like the takeaway for today, hmm. I think with understanding what Daniel went through, knowing 
his life, you know, he was under so much persecution through most of it. And he was also in this elevated position for a good chunk of it. Seeing people like Daniel or, or the other martyrs and stuff like that and what they have to go through kind of makes it easier to go through what we have to go through. I mean, I've had, as anyone who's listened to the podcast knows, I've had some tumultuous couple, like half year, and uh, so is Chris here. You know, it's just going through these these health issues and stuff like that. It can it can really be hard to feel like you're doing what's right. Hard to feel like this is what God wants. So we can take we can take consolidation in the fact that we will win someday. We will we get this great reward when it's our time to shuffle off these mortal coils and join God in his throne room. And then, you know, someday back in recreation, we'll have physical bodies again and do these glorified things. It's good to know that there is an end goal in sight. There is this suffering is nothing compared to the glory we will experience one day. Amen. And it's, yeah. Good to know. Shall we close it up? Oh, um, you're the best at that. So why don't you go right. ahead? Once you catch your breath, I for four, I peace out. Uh, mm. <laughs> uh, excuse my urban lingo sometimes. Um, <laughs> just letting you know, I'm really happy to be here, and I'm really happy to still be in a close, tight knit circle with my buddy, buddy Justin. And, you know, we're brothers in Christ and we really do love doing this. So please, yeah. anytime, if you have any questions, he's going to go over where you can contact us at. And uh, we love feedback, though, with you staying with us and listening to our show, we are all for you and all in your corner. And we will pray for you. I promise. So prayer requests as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thank you for listening to Revelation On Demand Podcast. Please like, share, and subscribe wherever you catch podcasts from. Please, if you like what we're doing, share this with a friend, family member, or someone from your church. This is a completely private venture, and we receive no funding from any sources. If you have any comments, questions, or concerns, please feel free to contact me at revelationondemand at gmail.com. God bless, and see you next time.